everyone and welcome to the year once the podcast all about today that gives you just enough information to effectively be that guy at the party causing all your friends to question hey who invited you like seriously why are you here I'm your host, Michael Montalvo, and for the next few minutes, we will swim through the river of time to try and find out what makes it a truly unique. On this episode, we examine the events that occurred September 22nd. The world is unfortunately filled with disasters and shows little sign of slowing down. Unfortunately, one of the disasters that have been in the news in more recent years is that of plane crashes where lives are lost either by malfunction, attack, or other. Planes like Malaysia Flight MH370 or Amelia Earhart, which have never been found, although there are plenty of theories, but there has been one flight in the currently last 20 years that has truly mystified people and occurred on this day in history. The flight started like any other that day, scheduled to leave at 2.15 p.m. from Sydney, Australia, where the passengers had all spent time for various reasons, the final destination being Los Angeles, California, in the United States. This was a trip that had been made hundreds of times before, and so there was little concern that this one would be any different. And for the first couple of hours, the flight was just that, uneventful. And that's when the turbulence hit. The year was 2004, and on this day, September 22nd, Oceanic Flight 815 disappeared over the Pacific Ocean. Now, there has been some speculation as to what exactly happened, and some believe sabotage is to blame. Others claim electromagnetic buildup as the culprit. Whatever the reason, of the 324 people on board the plane, only six made it back to civilization, and of course I am talking about the TV show Lost. The year was 2004. And on this day, September 22nd, Lost premiered on TV. Lost was one of those shows that really became something of a cultural phenomenon. Something that many have tried to reproduce, but no one has really quite achieved it. The closest, I suppose you could say, would be Game of Thrones. The smoke monster bearing the same level of mystery as that of Jon Snow's parents. But even then, when we finally got what little answers there were to give... It didn't spark the same level of acceptance and outrage or continued the conversation past the initial series run. Lost still sparks up these debates. People are still dissecting the episodes of Lost, trying to find meaning in story arcs that were seemingly never closed and mysteries that were never answered. So how did the show with no answers get made? Well, it was the brainchild of Lloyd Braun, who was the president of ABC at the time. According to an interview that Damian Lindelof did with Esquire, Braun wanted to make a show that was essentially the movie Castaway, but done as a series. Together with Aaron Spelling and Jeffrey Lieber, Braun had developed a show that he called Nowhere, that was described as a plane crashes on an island with survival stories. It was only after hitting a wall with the development of the show stalling and failing to move in a suitable direction that Braun reached out to director J.J. Abrams, then working as showrunner on Alias. Abrams brought on Lindelof and the two met in January of 2004, only nine months before the series was set to premiere. 
Together, they started from scratch, reworking the show, and five days later, they presented the network with a 20-page outline that was given the okay to start production. The job was now set to write the pilot, which they did at the same time as casting it. As for the cast, many of the characters were either written with someone in mind or altered to fit the actor's auditioning. A few examples of this being Terry O'Quinn, who played Locke. He didn't actually audition as he had previously worked with Abrams on Alias. Sawyer, played by actor Josh Holloway, was to be portrayed as an older, suit-wearing New York con man. It was only after the casting director saw the intensity of Holloway that the character was rewritten to better suit him. Get it? Suit? Did you get it? Because he was supposed to wear a suit? And the character suit him? Because of the suit that he was supposed to be wearing? Did you get it? Jack, who is arguably the series' lead, was going to be played by Michael Keaton and then killed off in the first episode. That idea was scrapped and Keaton left as he didn't want to commit to a long project. This left room for Matthew Fox to eventually come in. Dominic Monaghan played drug addict Charlie, and he too was supposed to be an aging rocker before being retooled to fit the younger actor. Evangeline Lilly faced another issue when she was approached to be in the series as Kate. As a Canadian, she was required to get a work visa for the United States, and although the production filed for a special permit to expedite the process, it was unclear if she would receive the permit in time. Production pushed back the shooting of all of her scenes, and the day she was granted the visa, she was put on a plane to Hawaii, where the series was shot, in order to start shooting those scenes. The pilot and the series was really a risky move for ABC at the time and its parent company, Disney. And according to IMDb, Braun was fired for greenlining this risky project. But for whatever reason, everything fell into place for the show, and it has endured as one that people still talk about to this day. The Aviationist website has even gone so far as to map out the course of the flight to pinpoint the location of the crash and potentially the island. Which is all crazy cool when you think about it. As for the plot of the show, it's kind of simple, which adds to the magic of it. A group of survivors must survive on a deserted island that may not be what it seems. It's kind of cool. I'm not going to spoil the show for you as far as how it ends. It's a 17-year-old show. The internet has already done that. And I haven't seen all of the series, but after doing my many minutes of research on this episode, I may have to go back for a revisit. That's going to do it for us today. If you like this podcast and want to hear more, give us a rate and a review. That helps me out and helps steer this in a direction that is hopefully good for all. If you're watching this on YouTube, you can find the Year Was audio version on your podcast app of choice. You can find me on social media and at YouTube at the Apple Cider Club. And as always, I want to thank the Tim Kreitz Band for our musical theme. And thank you for listening. We'll see you next time. 